Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. In a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market, for whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. This week's guest is the MD and very inspiring leader of a marketing agency that is very specialist within the recruitment industry. This is Amber Loach, and she is the MD of Prominence, a New Zealand-based marketing recruitment agency nonetheless. And during this interview, we discuss her journey from being a natural in-house marketing specialist in a recruitment agency to working for Prominence as she moved her way around New Zealand and Australia back to the UK. And what we as recruiters can do better to devise our marketing strategies to get the best return on investment. So if you're listening to this now and you're a recruiter or you're a leader and you are on LinkedIn, but you're not really sure what you're doing, you're stumbling around, you've not really found your flow, this episode is definitely for you. We also talk around how you can develop um, key ways to make the best of your personal brand, what she believes the evolution of personal brand is in 2024. It's a really insightful episode. Amber's absolutely delightful and I can't wait for you to get to know her. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands, to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn. And sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content and the scheduling capability for, to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes. And for business development, too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions, or senior appointments, and then alerts you to this daily. Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when inquiring. Now, back to the episode. 
This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I'm really excited to explore this conversation and topic today because it's one that's particularly close to my heart because what you might not know about me is that in my life way back before recruitment I was actually a trained marketeer. I did the Chartered Institute of Marketing Diploma and this is way back when before the internet was even a thing so whenever I invite anybody on that's in the marketing sphere I always get secretly quite excited because it's a topic that I think is really important and valuable. And if you're listening to this, you've probably found us through our social media channels. So it all plays very nicely into what we're going to talk about. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Amber Loach, who is the MD of Prominence, a marketing agency for recruitment. For those who are not yet familiar with you and what your business does, can you give us a bit of a backstory, please? Yes. So Prominence, as you said, we're a marketing agency for the recruitment sector. We specialise kind of in the 10 to 50 consultant space. We're usually... Okay first exposure to marketing that a recruitment agency has so how we typically work is that we come in we do a marketing strategy for the recruitment agency and then we deliver everything that's in that strategy so whether it's social media content creation salary surveys seo paid advertising podcast webinars whatever it is whatever's going to help achieve your business goals is what we deliver for you from a marketing perspective so yeah one-stop marketing shop as it were i love it and the fact that you the size of business that you tend to specialize in is probably a large majority of uk i would say uk-based recruitment businesses is that fme market it's actually main part of my client base as well would you say are most of your clients in the uk uh, we're actually founded in New Zealand, so oh, um, right. which feeds in nicely to I guess my oh. story and how I came into prominence. Sure. So, um, we're founded in New Zealand. Majority of our clients are actually in Australia. We're actually pretty comparable now, UK wise, and uh, the number of clients that we have. But yeah, so as a 21 year old, I moved to London, and my first marketing job was in house at an education recruitment agency. Ah. Did that for about 18 months and then got the travel bug, decided to go over to Australia, did my backpacking, traveling around. And then my first job over there was another in house marketing role at a recruitment agency over there. And then I joined Prominence after again another 18 months or so uh, as, a, as an account manager. So my journey at Prominence started as an account manager in Sydney. I was there for about two years until I decided I was ready to come home. So I was in Australia for about four years, all up. Wow. Met an Australian boy, you know what it's like. And then <laughs> came back, came back to, to London and I opened the London office for Prominence. I love that. So I was UK director for a while. And then as of kind of mid last year, I stepped into the MD role overseeing all operations for Prominence globally. So we're in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Malaysia, Bosnia, and the UK, which is- Wow, so you're truly international. The only place is the US, but I'm sure we'll get there on the- Well, you will because there's about 25% of our uh, our listeners last year were in the US, and actually about 25% are Australia and New Zealand. So that's really nice. And and the other reason this feels very poetic, as I said to you off camera, I record a few podcasts on a day, and you're my last podcast recording today, but my very first one was to Melbourne this morning in oh, Australia. So that nice feels kind of like nice early morning for you then. Same. It was a nice early morning for me and a very late night for him. And that was to Pete Watson of Mint Max Rex. So bless oh, yeah. him. Because he, he was very exhausted. And he said to me it was like 33 degrees and it was very hot. Yeah. But definitely not here. And that's I love your story. And I, I love the fact that you you know, you've, you worked the job. You actually did the job in a recruitment agency. So you really have got this provident, pro, providence that a lot of 
well yeah it's it's a good pun there isn't it that a lot of people maybe would assume that you maybe not have but actually you've done mm. the job so yeah. in an in-house we there are plenty of in-house marketing people out there professionals mm. out there and and actually I know there are a lot that do listen because I get lots a lot of feedback from that community so what from I you can educate me here mm. what are the challenges for those who are employed by recruitment agencies to be an in-house marketer Oh, I think all in-house marketers will, will be able to relate the, to the, you're a marketer, so you must be able to do everything. You're a graphic designer, you're an SEO specialist, you're a paid advertising specialist, you're a copywriter, uh, all the <laughs> other things that fall into that marketing bucket you're expected to be. Um, and from my experience, that I was very junior, went in those kind of internal walls, and I really struggled to get buy-in from senior leadership teams around budgets and really I didn't really have any exposure to I guess the business objectives of those agencies either like mm. I think that's something we could potentially talk about a little bit more but definitely something I know when you're first starting out in your marketing role is getting the, you know the big bosses to understand what you're trying to achieve and to give you insight into what the business is trying to achieve so you mm. can tie in your marketing goals but yeah trying to trying to get budgets approved trying to do everything and trying to understand what's you know what the actual ultimate marketing objective is is, is definitely uh, an in-house marketer's downfall so we do sometimes work with in-house marketers as mm. well mm. worth saying yeah. you some we obviously sometimes you'll have a market, head of marketing or a marketing director who doesn't want to do social media anymore, doesn't want to write yeah. blogs. They want to be at that strategic level and we can kind of step in there and take that day-to-day -day stuff off their hands or we can often step in and support a junior on the more strategic side so and give mm -hmm. them a bit of support. So, yeah, we, we can slot in a lot, a lot of different ways. But, yeah, an in-house marketer has a tough job for sure. I agree. I think it's a really underestimated role in terms of how challenging it is because... And I have heard that before. I've, I've, I've interviewed marketers from recruitment <laughs> before and they say that that's the biggest challenge that people don't really understand what they actually do and think that they can, can you just do the Canva and can you just do this and you're trying to do something strategically. And, and I guess the other part of it is that, you know, so many recruiters have had to develop their marketing skills through mm -hmm. particularly over on LinkedIn. Um, especially yeah. rec to rec for example but in the white collar market i would say professional services most professions tend to operate on linkedin that's the go-to kind of way you go and look for jobs or connect to recruit specialist recruiters and you know i'm, I'm going to really put you on the spot here a little bit but mm -hmm. generally speaking those recruiters who maybe don't have an in-house recruiter an in-house marketeer how good are, how good are we at marketing ourselves generally on linkedin and understanding how to market they're not necessarily afraid to do stuff, but it's how to market yourself. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's there's a, a couple of things that make it, I think, a struggle for recruiters. One, the very essence of being a recruiter is instant gratification, right? You pick up the phone, you speak mm. to a client, you want to get a job, you mm. speak to a candidate, you put them into that job. It's very fast paced. You've, you want to see the result of what you've just done straight away. Yeah. A marketer's job is completely the opposite. It's Mm. okay we you've we've spoken to this person how they might not be quite ready now how do we make sure that in six to 12 months when they are ready or this client isn't hiring now but in a year when they are ready you're the person that they reaches out reach out to and that's how I try and explain marketing to recruiters is you're great at your job but how do we make sure that you know if that candidate isn't ready now or that client isn't ready now that when they are ready you're the mm. person that 
reaching out to. So I think, in essence, recruiters aren't very good at that, but that's not their fault. Their job is just mm. very different. Um, mm. And the the other thing is 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 consistency and understanding that I guess just doing one thing or one post on LinkedIn, you'll know this, you've got obviously a great personal brand, but you don't just do it once and then expect 10 leads to come through. Um, no. Or like you build it up over years. Yes. Like thought leadership, sharing good content, talking about like why you're the best recruiter that there possibly is in the market and how well you know mm -hmm. your industry. That doesn't happen straight away. So. No. Once a, recru a recruiter understands that it's, it's not those quick wins with marketing, no. they can they can get there. But it's definitely a mind shift to what the na nature of being a recruiter is. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and you know, thank you for bringing me into it because I think a lot of people do think that I'm, you know, I've just woken up one morning <laughs> and started yeah. sharing content. I think I've been on LinkedIn since about 2009, I want to say. So I guess you know it's like the joe wicks comment isn't it? it's the overnight 10 year success rate it's not it's more than 10 years it's about 15 years um yeah. and i only noticed a significant change really in 2020 you know during covid when you know what else could we do it's when we launched the podcast for example so i think you know and it still took time for it to become an inbound model and now it is it's, it's 100 inbound i don't send i think i might be the only rector that doesn't send any emails uh, I don't do any outreach at all. Everybody comes to me, but that's it's it's hard to measure ROI. And I want to come back to you on ROI on this point. That for me, I the way I see my time invested on LinkedIn, which is probably thirty to forty minutes a day in total. Yeah. Um, so I don't live on LinkedIn, which I think people are surprised about. I'm very, I'm just very ninja, focus and engage. Yeah. You know, move on kind of in and out. Um, is that I recognise that my ROI is over a period of time, it's over a quarter, for example. So I don't necessarily post a job and then think about how many responses do I get from it. To me, it's how many candidates have I placed over a set period of time that have come from yeah. LinkedIn. And to me, then that's the ROI. Yeah. To me, that's the most important measure. I'm not interested in impressions, engagement. For me, it's how many people have I got and what's it generated? And it's always six figures every year. Mm -hmm. So how, 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 are you, I mean, I'm not saying you personally as an agency, but how, how would you get the broader picture? So if I'm a recruitment business leader listening to this now, understanding the investment that I would make to, you know, get a marketing partner like you in terms of what that return on investment would look like over what period of time. Yeah. If we're, look, using, if we're outsourcing it to you, for example. Yeah. Look, it, it, it's, it's definitely not an easy question and it really depends mm -hmm. on, um, what your goals are some things are really quantifiable right if you say you know we really want client leads client leads is our biggest goal we want to spend x amount of money on google ad campaigns for the next three months i can tell you the roi after a month is you're getting x x cost per lead right it's very easy to do um but i think the key thing is for particularly what we do is in that our onboarding stage and at the beginning of any relationship that we we have is work out what your goals are so that we can attribute kind of kpis and discussion points around so right. it's not it's not the same for every recruitment agency like if what um you know if you're doing candidate lead gen we might be able to do you know x amount of candidates through facebook for example um but yeah it's it's definitely not a straightforward answer and um dependent on who who the client are what your goals are in the market <laughs> but you know some of the things i guess is what we like to look at is things like 
you know, we don't just report on followers, for example, boring metric. If you've got 10,000 followers, you're probably just spending a lot of money on LinkedIn because every person that applies to a job, it becomes a follower. But who are those followers? Like, is this actually strategic clients, candidates that are following you? Um, what's the increase of that compared to six months ago when you weren't working with a marketing agency? Um, if we're running email marketing campaigns, you know, we'll look at, um, okay, you've had a 50% open rate, you've had 25% click-through rate, the industry average is X, your average six months ago was X, we've seen that growth from point to point. And then again, looking at who's clicked, what are you doing with those people who've clicked that button that yeah. says, yeah. what are you, are you, are your consultants following up on them? Because that's mm. a really poor BD list. So here's 10 clients that clicked, yes, I'm interested in recruiting at the moment. And what did you do with those leads um, and hold yeah. them as well? So, um, I mean, like I said, we work with the in the SME space. So there's obviously loads of integrations and products and programs out there that mm. do allow, I guess, that end to end ROI. But usually for us, it's a very manual process of saying, OK, we've had this many, there's had this many clicks on a campaign. These are the people that came through to you. What happened with them? What, what did you do with them? And what do you do with them? Yeah. So it's, you know, a lot of. Again, like I said, we work in that SME space. So there's not massive budget. So it's a lot of Excel spreadsheets. A lot of us on calls being like, okay, this person came through to you through the website. What did you do with them? Have they come through? Were they placed? Right. And then that's- Gosh, it's we... that granular. That's really interesting insights then, we isn't do, it? We do try. Look, it's, not, it's definitely not possible with every single kind of client mm. that we're working with. It really depends what projects they're doing. But that yeah. is the goal and what we try and get to for, for most people. Mm. That's amazing. So your career, I mean, you've obviously had great success your own, in your own personal career. You've, you've sort of progressed through and you've had, you know, sounds like a great employer that sort of recognises talent and you know, put you in this prominent position. And I think the evolution of what personal brand means has probably evolved over a similar period of your, as your yeah. career. So where are we now in the, in the, in the career journey of, of what personal brand actually means? Where are we in the evolution of it, do you think? And what, if you were a recruiter now listening to this, what, would you focus on with your personal brand in 2024? Yeah, look, I think it's still as important important as ever. Um, the latest kind of LinkedIn algorithm updates is that they're downplaying personal content and the you know the selfies and all that kind of stuff. But I've I've not seen it. We're still yeah. every time it re it's really annoying to be fair because yeah, crafting crafting a beautiful marketing post about the latest. <laughs> LinkedIn algorithms or um you know what's working in recruitment mm. and I'll get you know 2,000 impressions or whatever um and then I'll post a selfie of me and Alex one of my account managers having a drink in the pub and suddenly we've got 5,000 impressions absolutely so I don't believe LinkedIn on that one I don't think it's true when you took case by case basis so um I think it's still as important as ever there's just so much competition so finding that mm. angle that thing that makes you unique is really important and the advice yes. that I just give to recruiters is what are your clients and candidates asking you about like that's the that's really good advice perfect place to look for a good social post if they're asking mm. about um I don't know changes in tax laws in Denmark because they're placing project managers into construction sites over there or whatever yeah. then that's you find out that information and you share it on LinkedIn or if you've got candidates saying you know I really want to start working in an office again I'm over remote working 
that's something that you want to be sharing. I mean, yeah. you try and stay clear of the remote working, work from home content, because I think it's been overdone a little bit. But if people... The polls have, the polls <laughs> on it. I think, I think, oh my God, does anybody even vote on that anymore? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's if you can think about what the conversations that you're having with every day makes for perfect content. And the other thing that I recommend, and it's so much easier than creating, you know, huge amounts of content every day, but is looking at um, LinkedIn hashtags. So I follow hashtags, hashtag recruitment marketing, hashtag recruitment, and just see who's posting on those hashtags. It's a really easy way of finding potential clients and candidates. Yeah. You, know, you know, if you're a healthcare recruiter and you're searching for hashtag healthcare news or healthcare yeah. or whatever, and you, you find a piece of content that, you know, a CEO or director of, health or whatever it is is posting about and you're commenting on it you're connecting with them you're liking that information you're building building your personal network that way as well not just yeah, it's really clever good I'm advice self and self and self um this you can piggyback of other people's content as well it doesn't have to all be your own <laughs> no that's a really good point i'll come back to that in a sec but i don't think i've ever had in all the marketers i've had on we've never talked about hashtags and actually i'd seen something that said that they weren't valuable anymore but i still use them in my yeah. posts because until I see until I see everybody stop using them and or until they disappear, why would I? Because yeah. like you, I'm I'm following we're probably following similar ones really. Um yeah. so on that basis, I think that is absolutely ludicrous. And you know, I yeah, think it's really important. Not, not there's gonna be no harm to it, right? You might as well. No, it doesn't drive down your content at your yeah. reach, does it? And um, but what you just said there, I think, is really important because I know we have a lot of listeners who are at the, in the early stages of their career and they will be I'm going to make assumptions here a lot of them will possibly have a bit of imposter syndrome about sounding like experts they don't want to sound overconfident or arrogant or like charlatans because they're just learning and so actually I think particularly for that cohort of recruiters it what your advice just was then about you know using other people's content and Mm -hmm. reframing it as I've read this and this is really interesting what do you think so you're not claiming to be the expert yeah. But you're building your knowledge yourself and you're yeah. showing that you're prepared to share it. So I really like that bit of advice there, Amber. I think that's yeah. really useful for that Just cohort. Another easy thing to do as well is things I said of Google Alerts. So mm. if you're working in tech or healthcare or logistics, whatever it is, setting mm. up um, Google Alerts so that you get news and articles straight into your inbox every morning, which you can just post about. And exactly as you said, thought this was interesting. What do you think? blah 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 like it can yeah. be as straightforward as that um and then mm. obviously the other side of that is that you should or what we specialize in mostly is is the company branding side of things so okay. as a recruiter, you know utilizing what the brand the company's posting about yeah is also yeah. a really easy way of giving yourself but not just sharing the company page on linkedin it's no. engaging with it properly because that's a big yeah. bugbear of mine. If anyone does that and you can see the same company, the same people, you think, oh my God, just scroll past, scroll past quick. Yeah. So, yeah, sharing that or, you know, speaking to your marketing partner about mm-hmm. getting some content created for you specifically. Yep. Again, we do that if we've got real marketing ambassadors within the teams, you know, giving them some of their own content to create. Um, or using ambassadors. testimonials. You know, if you're, if you're from the first year, 
you've got a testimonial from a client, you could speak to the, you know, your marketing partner or, or, or your leader and just say, how do I make the most of this? What do I do with it? Because that is testimony. That's how you build your reputation. Yeah. And also just going back to your point there about Google, it's on, the, on as you look at, on your homepage on LinkedIn, on the right hand side is all the top news stories. I presume it's built to your algorithm, but yeah. you could, you could, if you're listening to this and you're really stuck for content ideas, you could go to there and, it, and it'll be, it'll have something really relevant for your market. You could just share that and just talk about it, give your opinion on it. Yeah, it's really, yeah, I think people overthink it probably too much. Yeah. But then sometimes a photo is just nice and you'll get yep. loads of likes for that as well. So yeah, I'm definitely, I am sticking with the fact that I'm against this supposed algorithm change because I would much rather engage with someone's personal story and why they're doing what they're doing than see a job advert or a survey and don't get me wrong yeah. surveys are amazing they're really valuable but I absolutely love that to be a, an equal share of personal stories because the reality is we're, we're all doing business with other human beings and it allows you to see it so I think I think they've that's a red herring I don't think they're changing the algorithm at all I think so I think it's trying to just make people spend more time on LinkedIn creating their own content well, possibly trying to monetize it in different ways, panicking, sharing jobs instead. So what would your top tips be for a successful marketing strategy for 2024? Maybe not just on LinkedIn. Yes. Our leaders listening. I think it's going to be a bit of a boring answer in all honesty. I think the first thing, <laughs> the first thing is for any marketing strategy is like I said, it kind of earlier on is just understanding what the business goals are mm -hmm. for the agency. And if you don't know, find out. So you know, like we 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 have a four-hour strategy session at the beginning of any kind of relationship that we work with where we literally ask what are your goals for the year, what are you trying to achieve. So, you know, if as a marketer, if you don't know that your recruit agency wants to grow their contractor desk by 50% in the next year, mm -hmm. then you're gonna really struggle to show ROI on and when you're developing your marketing strategy. So understanding like what are the core goals of the yep of the business and then consistency as well so just understanding that just because you've done something once and doesn't generate 10 leads doesn't mean that it won't work in six months time when you've been doing it over a period of time um so there i guess the, the fundamentals of a, of a good marketing strategy which doesn't change year on year so 2024 2025 2026 you can take that every year for, for <laughs> um but at the moment ironically what we're seeing and doing loads of is podcasts which mm -hmm. i hello we're here that's why we're here <laughs> so we've got at least kind of three or four clients that like you their podcast is their bd strategy you know mm. whole act of inviting someone on um, it allows you to have a really kind of cold conversation with a potential client quite mm. amicably because you're not just ringing and saying have you got any jobs yeah. Um, you can invite them on. Most people have a bit of an ego and are quite flattered when you invite them of on. To very so, rare someone says no, let me tell you. Very rare. So as a kind of BD tool, podcasts, events as well, we're seeing so many yeah. post-COVID than we were yeah. you know, four years ago. People just couldn't tend to be bothered with events, but now it, they're all over. No, it's the opposite. Take something away from us humans. We want it even more. <laughs> yeah, and I get, and I really started to see recruiters understand the value of of those as well, like getting in front of clients, having mm. conversations that aren't about recruitment, but yes. that you're giving something back to those clients as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so mm. yeah, really, that 
getting in front of people it's like a more holistic approach to it isn't it it's not just doing you know in old school marketing speak it's like the above the line below the line it's genuinely um, taking all the different ways that you can speak mm. to your potential customers I just want to make one point about the podcast actually yeah. because it's something that we don't I don't use it as a business development strategy and that's mainly because a I was already very established when the podcast was accidentally launched in the in the pandemic I was already very established and you know the reality is in, in Rectorec you could ring 20 companies and get 20 clients so it's yeah but I use it and this is where I think it is really valuable when I'm prepping a candidate that's meeting somebody that's been on it's really valuable so even if it's somebody that's been on three four years ago or they they came on as a podcast guest not realizing that it would be beneficial anybody that has ever interviewed with one of my clients that's been on the show the first thing I do is send a link to the show because it, it allows your potential future employees and customers you know so it's external and internal benefit to see the real you yeah because it really is you, 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 you know it's a really good point but I think you know podcasts I mean they're here to stay um I think they're more powerful than any other media form that I've known of in my whole life because yeah. you you know the beauty is it's like a radio show I often I don't know if you do this when you're listening I sometimes talk to them um I feel like they're talking just to me I genuinely feel like it's very personal uh, I love that there's no censorship you know not I don't just mean swearing but just generally it's a really safe space for people to be open and honest and you can curate a really amazing learning platform for yourself um, and it's just brilliant for your brand awareness yeah. and it's actually you know I've given you off camera how I do it and how we've created this non-intrusive way of doing it and all my clients know that this is what I do I do it once a month you know it's taken it's, it's taken a while to get the format right I've got a great team that produce it and do all the marketing on it um but I could not not do the podcast now I've learned so much as a recruiter and said to anyone listening don't just jump into a podcast now now where we're at in the market now when I started it in 2020 it wasn't saturated and now it's becoming so so you need to speak to an expert like Amber that will define it as part of your marketing strategy because done badly you'll never get any listeners yeah and, and don't start thinking you'll get a blooming sponsor in about three months either i have had so many people go how did you get your sponsor and i'm like we've been we've been going oh, years guess. before we got a sponsor it's not about making money no no totally and um that's def- definitely the i mean even for for us as a, a marketing agency we've undernawed about starting our own podcast as well and we've still can't figure out what the the right angle is for us and i think that's the key thing is that there's so many different ways of doing it. Like you said, you don't want to just launch something without thinking it through properly because you only get one shot at a launch. So you do. <laughs> and you've seen so many, I've seen so many who have, who you're, if you put re- recruitment into Spotify, yeah. you'll see the ones that had, you know, half a dozen shows in 2020 because what else were we doing? And they've never done another episode since. And they probably did it how I did it. Where I, I didn't really know what I was doing as in, I just knew I needed to speak to really inspiring people like how are you coping because we would record it and send it out the next day but there is a strategy to it um and I think you could definitely have one because you could invite your clients I know, on. I know. it's the whole practicing what you preach isn't it it's like I'm posting mm-hmm. on my own LinkedIn I'm not as good as it as I should be but... I, w- I wonder if by the time this goes live in February you maybe have got a bit further but you've got some exciting news haven't you there's some branding changes happening yeah, as we speak 
as we speak, we're going through a whole new rebrand, new website. Very, very excited about cool. next stage of prominence in this year. Um, yeah, looking looking to be a big year, which is nice. That's really exciting. Well, hopefully, if you've listened all the way through to the end of the show, I'm always grateful to those that do. Make sure you connect to Amber uh, and have a look at what prominence are doing and get in touch if you've got any questions with Amber. And as always, thank you for being part of our community and listening to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Thank you. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd if you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember 
to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. <laughs> 